welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books and the galactic dangers of prison reform, in a certain sense. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, I'm yelling again, but we're going to cover chapters 25 through 28 of Fate of the Jedi Book 5, Allies, by Christy Golden. The chapters in which uh, we are shocked by the length. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we opened up this one and it was like oh every chapter is like six or seven pages man it's gonna be a it's gonna be a quick week yeah it's gonna be a quick one this week will be a quick week but first bum, bum, bum. previously on forever canon a bothan makes a grandmaster move to hear he's trial trumped by anti-anakin lando and jaina tell luke sith are bad and dalla Aims for Blaudu Sextus. Never heard of it. No. As everybody who is told the name of this planet says. But we pick up right where we left off last week. Chapter 25 has us following Wind Dorvin as he runs flat out his whole ass off. He's <laughs> just booking it out. Across Coruscant and the Senate Plaza all the way over to the Jedi Temple on his mission to stop Raynar Thol from being the latest Jedi murdered on the steps of the temple by the sieging encompassing Mandalorian company. Yeah, he has a few thoughts on his way there. This is going to look bad. I'm like... All the things. Also, I have lunch with this guy every day. Like, it's a personal connection. It's a political connection. There's a lot of reasons to stop this from happening. And he arrives just in time to sit on the steps with Raynar... And share his sandwich. Yeah. So, all right. But who let this guy out of the temple doors? <laughs> like true. we said last week. Yeah. Why would the Jedi not stop him from going outside when the last person who opened the door got shot to death from a foot away? Just, there's no oversight at all yeah. under Grandmaster Kent Hamner. Or yeah. I don't know. Why is Raynar Thole allowed to just go casually carry on about his daily schedule, which everybody seems to be relatively aware of? It's been on the news several times. Yep. Why is he allowed to just walk out of the doors? Of yeah, the Jedi there's temple? no guards at the temple doors. No nothing. Just nope. meh. No, no, no Jedi standing there saying, hey, remember, <laughs> the last person who walked out of the door got shot to death. Yeah, not even a reminder for, nothing. for him. Nothing. Just sharing a sandwich. And we cut to Han and Leia watching the special lunch on the Hollow News. Han's mad. Surprise, surprise. Yep. And Leia has a little pocket epiphany, which she doesn't tell us about. No. And we cut to Siha Dorvald and Master Octoramus exploring the nooks and crannies of the Jedi Temple, searching for secret exits. What they find instead... Is rat spies. <laughs> Secret rats. Sneaking medical supplies into the temple. Uh, who is doing that after having just seen a hamster in Wind Dorvin's pocket on the news? <laughs> I didn't put that together until we were told it. But, like, for real, who's sending rats into the Jedi Temple? Yep. Plenty of metaphor here, too, by the way. That, you know, the savior of the day is the filthy little overlooked disrespected, disregarded living being, right? Yeah. See how Dorvald is crawling through some disgusting moldy tile 
cramped yeah. space, and she crushes some vermin. She says, uh, "Some unknown vermin." She thinks of it disgustedly. She comes out of the out of the tunnel, and Octoramus is sitting there with rats, and she's like, "Oh my god, more rats! Disgusting!" And they're all sitting there looking up at her like they're like docile, they're trained little rats, <laughs> and they've all got vials of medicine strapped to their backs. Here's a question. Yeah. How many rats can run across a plaza without hundreds of Mandalorians or dozens of Mandalorians noticing? Yeah. Even one, even one at a time. Cause if I'm out in the middle of a parking lot in front of a big building and like more than one rat (laughs) is in sight during the day, you'd wonder why. You know, I guess the idea is that they're not in sight, right? Yeah, they're coming out from underneath or going between buildings or whatever it is. As much as they always exist all the time, you don't always see them because, you know, they're good at hiding and stuff. But I I don't know. You know, I was just like, all right. It's a cool little perspective of like, look at these mangy little nasty things that are going to be the saviors of the Jedi Temple. Yeah, that are saving the world right now. They're going to buy us the time that we need to, to hold off this siege a little longer with these medical supplies, right? Yeah, and they're and they're the amount that they can bring in too is probably so you have to have so many go in and out. You have to have so many, <laughs> or very tired rats. Chapter twenty six. Yeah, you heard it. Yeah, six minutes. Chapter twenty six. Solo safe house on Coruscant, where Han and Leia and Alana are cuddling on the couch with hot chalky. As is tradition for the Perry Nemo news hour. Yeah, just like Ranarthal in his lunch. Totally normal family tradition for the little princess to be. P.S. Leia did the rat thing. Yes. When she saw pocket in the pocket of Windorvan and got an idea of sneaking rats with medicine into the temple, I guess. Okay. Here's a question. When has Leia ever shown an affinity for controlling animals, let alone many of them yeah, no. for a very specific task. No, they, that's a totally Jason thing. That's definitely, and maybe Jason it's thing. like lies dormant in her genetics all these years or something, but I can't off the top of my head, which is not saying much. Mm-hmm. Think of a time that she was like, no. I control the animals. And I think like any of them, one or two at a time, but she's sending enough like in. dozens. It's gotta be. Yeah. It's gotta be more. Right. But no, she can she can do that. That's fine. So okay. They're watching the news, which is covering Windorvan having lunch on the steps with what's his face? I can't remember his face anymore. Uh, with Reynard? Reynardthal. Five feet away from the dead body of Connie Asari. All over the Perry Nemo News Hour. And also covered in there is that when Windorvan leaves lunch. He takes Connie Asari's body with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I that shocked me too. Yeah, very shocking. Yeah. Either. Not okay. only why. Shocking because. What were you going to say? Yeah, not only why would he do it, it, given his political affiliations. Yeah. But how would they let him? Like they sh- Exactly what I thought of. That Mandalorian commander, Rawl, who very pointedly made a show of leaving this body on the temple steps. Yeah, nobody touched Mind it. you, it's been what? Like a couple hours. Yeah. It's been, it's been so a like, little bit. We're not super invested in this, this show 
of leaving the body there for dominance or whatever. Yeah, it hasn't been days. But why the hell would this guy let him walk away with the body? Unless, once again, like Windorvin did last episode, he's lying on behalf of Chief of State Dalla. Uh, yeah, there was no saying, talking. She wants this body out of here. That's the wrong move or something, right? Mm-hmm. Why else is Mandalorian commander who said, yeah, I'm going to kill that guy if you don't get here, even though you told me Dalla said don't. Why is he letting Windorvin take the Jedi body away? Either it's an order from Dalla or a lie from Dorvin as to that point. Yeah. And in which case, pretty soon, someone's going to find out or someone, given the Mando captain, is going to get sick of taking those orders. Well, the thing is that Windorvin is playing many dangerous games. Mm-hmm. Lying to Dalla. Lying to the Mandalorian on behalf of Dalla. Running across the, <laughs> the the capital city to go have lunch with a Jedi. And also exposing Javis Tears illegal spying in Jag's limo, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And having Javis Tear arrested. Remember a few episodes ago, Dalla was like, hey, do something about that guy for me. And when Dorvin was like, yes, I will, but I'll do it like yeah. legitimately. He goes back and he's like, how am I supposed to do this? And then I'm, I'm, I'm going to find a way to do this the right way. Yep. And well, he uncovers the fact that Javis Tear did a bunch of illegal things to get his information. Not a exactly respectable journalist. And while when Dorvin is like playing so many sides against each other, Han and Leia are watching this on the news and they're not quite sure what to make of Windorvin. And Leia has a foreboding thought. Dorvin was a good man. But there were plenty of times where good men were on the wrong side of things when the point of no return came. When things are getting out of control. When things are reaching their critical mass. That maximum peak of tension. Mm-hmm. Many people fail to act. Many people fail to stand up. Most people stand around yes. and end up on the wrong side of history. For example, Admiral Nyathal. Mm-hmm. For example, Tahiri Vela. For example, maybe Windorvan. But I think he's proving the exact opposite all the way along. He's not Dalla's puppet. He's not her mouthpiece. And he's not really afraid of her. No. He's now done many, he's done now several egregious things against her implicit wishes. Yeah. If not explicit. Han and Leia are looking at this guy on the news like he's doing good things and shifty things. And what is he really? And I just never thought this guy was going to be that important. No. And maybe he won't be. Well, they maybe he'll be, sorry. Yeah, maybe he'll yeah. end up being the guy who sits by when shit gets really real and ends up on the wrong side of the story. But yeah, maybe not. the only thing I can think of is they give him um, in the writing, they gave him another aspect to his personality by giving him a pet and all that kind of stuff that right. changed things a little bit. Well, they it's wouldn't like give that him... gives him the grounding humanizing element where yeah. then you can understand, you know, him using his logic and intelligence of like a, 
you know, I care about living things. I care about everything. I, I think for myself, I'm not just a, you know, he's not just a droid. Yeah. He's, he's not your, your law droid that you can use to rewrite the laws and jail Javis tier. However you like, he does what he thinks is best in the best way he thinks. Yeah. While still adhering to the written rule of law and his own moral code. Yeah. Not Dalva's. Yeah. Very important distinction. Is he going to be Tahiri? Is he going to be Nyathal? Is he going to be Ben Skywalker? Certainly n- nothing that big. Mm-hmm. But he got a pocket in his pocket, and it's spreading epiphanous. Chapter 27, which I have written 28. Chapter 27. <laughs> Aboard the shooting star. My first note and thought, who the hell's ship is this? Mm-hmm. Well, it's Maudy Vont. <laughs> and her crew that I care a lot about. <laughs> all right okay the freed slave guy the what's his name shota yep he's interesting he's very interesting and i like her and Madi vont is also interesting there are some tear and all those but it's like know. it's like here we are on the ship name of ship with this person Madi vont with this other person name of person another person name of person and they're t- and it's like i don't fucking care about any of their no. opinions really or what they're doing or who they are they are all not primary, not secondary, tertiary characters that are just a reflection and a foreshadowing of the broader environment that the story is happening in. Yeah. All of this backdrop of the free freedom from slavery and the, the breaking of oppression and stuff like that, right? That is all just kind of the temperature theme of the entire series. Where the entire series is breaking tradition, Luke Skywalker is exiled from Coruscant. Yep. And he goes everywhere and breaks all their traditions. You know, like, the whole thing is is mired and steeped in this idea of big change. Yeah, change. Big change to the ever-existing norms. None of Yeah. Now, we have all kinds of people on the ship, and they're people that are reflecting the big change in the galaxy and we're supposed to care about them or not. But Madi Vaughn anyway, gets an encoded message from the freedom flight. We had seen them been in contact before this message says, let's meet come alone. Wouldn't you know her crew thinks it's suspicious, but she goes through with it. Yeah. She says, I've been in danger many times. That's how you get the story. Yeah, she uses her, uh, her reporter insight. That's right. She's like, I trust my gut. And cut to, Maudie meets with a Bothan. Codename Blink. Okay, pretty cool. Yeah, I don't mind Blink. That's a pretty cool codename. And this Bothan tells her a tiny bit more about the Freedom Flight than we already knew. Really nothing more than what we would have inferred. He tells her, we're everywhere. We only know of a few other members, right? We only know so many links in the Mm -hmm. chain. The whole thing can't be pro... Uh, we weren't a behind Klatooine, but that's off the record. Let the people think what they want to think. Be afraid of us if they if they need to be. It was coming anyways. Uh, he really doesn't it. tell us anything we don't know until he tells Maudie something that we, the reader, know. Mm-hmm. But he tells her, I know you missed out on Klatooine, the big rev- uh, revolt and uprising there. You weren't there to report on that. This is what's next. This is the next big thing. Go to Blaudu Sextus. 
And Marty's response? Bloody Sextus? Never heard of it. Yeah. Where? <laughs> and Blink the Bothan tells her, make sure you look it up because it's about to be very important. I for real chuckled when she was like, never heard of it. Yeah. Because I forgot this planet existed in the short time between episodes. <laughs> and then it came up again. I was like, oh, yeah, this place. And she immediately goes, never heard of it. Yeah. I don't know where that is. Like everybody has been saying all along. And that's like a fun, that's a fun little running joke, right? Which would lead me to believe it, it might even be, it might even be like a, a self-aware thing by Christy golden where she's inventing this new planet as a set piece or um, as a uh, catalyst for something to happen in the story that nobody's ever heard of. And she knows that, and it's not important what the planet is. So the joke is everybody says, I've never heard of that <laughs> yeah. planet. Like, yeah. She's probably doing that self, uh, self referentially. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's good stuff. I like that. But the Bothan Blink, giving her all this information, Tim. Who do you think it is? Yeah, Bothans are sneaky on the best of days. Who is the one Bothan in the galaxy who has heard of and previously said they've never heard of Blaudu Sextus? Long answer short yeah. is Admiral Buatu, Chief of State Dala's boyfriend. Or bed buddy. And one or the other. A potential close, helper to the Jedi. Her close personal relationship and confidant. He knows Blaudu Sextus is where she's about to make a stand. He is the one who had just reached out to Kent Hamner, mm-hmm. telling him I can get your stealth axes off. When do you think he's going to do that? When she moves on Blaudu Sextus, where he is sending Madi Vaunt to watch all the wrongdoing that's about to occur. Yep. When... Dala moves there. That's when he's going to break the Jedi off of Coruscant. But it's definitely Admiral Buatu. Yeah, he's got a lot of things moving too. He is also playing a number of dangerous games. And I'll tell you what, a lot of them revolve around betraying Natasi Dala. Him, him and Windorvan could make a pretty good team if they ruled the... <laughs> yeah, they're going to make a pretty fucking good funeral <laughs> when you get two birds stoned at once. Yeah. Chapter Real 28. Yes. Aboard the Jade Shadow, where Ben is flying us all into the maw between the two black holes that look like eyes. Call back. Remember, this book is connected to other books. Yes. Right. That didn't happen last book. Christy, again, just like subtly killing it Mm -hmm. like the writing is just very it's really integrated it's really intertwined it's it's high level i don't know the other words i want to say i felt like i used up all my mana there yeah it it (laughs) made it's it's just it's really immersive writing like you really get into it well and coming off of the back of the last book where it seemed to have happened in a singularity Yes. Having everything, you know, brought back to our attention, what matters and why things happen and when and where they happen. It just feels better Mm -hmm. than never saying Abeloth's name. Yes. For 360 pages or so. A little silly. So here she is with the callback. Hey, remember the, when Ben went through the black holes and said it looked like uh, eyes. Oh, remember that? Remember when he went through the black holes and he was like, I held on to a needy tentacle space snake rodeo, whatever we called it back in the time. <laughs> Callbacks, right? Yeah. She's, she's connecting everything fully. And like, 
yeah, immersively just deep, meaningful connection to the thing, the, the thing, the thing, to the things <laughs> that we have spent our time investing our interest in. Yes. Make it fucking matter. Yeah. Make it matter that they've been doing things so far in the series. Make it matter that they've met Abeloth. Make it matter that they've been to the Maw. And all these things. And that's things all just, sorry. That, yeah, that we've brought up, that we've said, yeah, this is going to come up later. And then she brings it up. And that is that is great. All the little things that we look at. There's no, there is no value to the setup if you if you do not pay it off properly. Yeah. And these are not even the proper payoff. These are just mentions. Yeah, reminders. But they feel good in comparison to the last book that, again, we've said many times, happened in a vacuum for its own reasons. Yeah. Its own real-life reasons, assumedly. And But all this stuff just hits more prominently in this book because it was missing from the last one. Mm-hmm. So when she's like, hey, remember we came to the Maw and you... Uh, there was a tentacle and we held onto it and all that jazz. This time, none. No tentacle. No feeling of Abeloth ahead of them at all. They can't censor. The assumption is, well, if we can all hide ourselves in the force, why could she not, right? Yeah, it's a pretty good assumption. But Ben doesn't have a snake rodeo to hold on to. So Luke takes over the pilot controls with Vistara? As co-pilot? Yeah, as plotting the course. Yeah. Weird swap, but all right. I don't know why it would need to be her over Ben. Well. You, you know what I mean? Like, I, He relied fully on the force and the feeling to get him through. I whereas like what you're when, saying. Carry where on. her <laughs> and when the Sith came through the first time, yeah. they relied on. She did it by experience. Yeah. She experienced the whole thing. He just held on to the snake rodeo. That's a good reason. That is a good reason. It's still a weird swap for a dude, Luke Skywalker, Mm -hmm. who has your son next to you or a Sith you don't trust. (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) It's one of them decisions. The burdens of leadership. But there we are. Oh, by the way, speaking of heading into the Maw, that small sliver of a gap that we snuck through last time has expanded into a semicircle. Yeah, it's huge. Of now. space between the black holes, which were a perfect concentric ring at some recent point in history. Mm-hmm. When? Probably before, just before Center Point was fired, one of those two times. Yeah, some somewhere in around between two because and a half to. If I can call you back, Tim, and yes. anybody who's been listening this long, when. When when they fired Centerpoint at Jason's skeleton crew, mm-hmm. I specifically remember asking the question of where does that beam stop? Yes, you asked that multiple times. Uh, the first yeah. time they fired it too. Yeah. I think maybe subconsciously remembering ahead because I don't consciously remember very much ahead. But... If you're shooting a gravity beam of unlimited energy, not unlimited, unfeasible energy beyond the capabilities of technology that you have now, right? These are ancient structures that are 
beyond engineering. Yes. The best engineering they can do is build a giant robot with a human's genes to stop it from being used. <laughs> they can't take it apart, uh, turn it off. Center point gets fired. And what is the terminus of this destructive yeah, ray of gravity? Is that stopping point. And so now we come to the Maw. Where yeah. the black holes are knocked further out of alignment because we've now been gone only how long? A couple weeks? Yeah, it hasn't been long. We've gone from a sliver to a half a black hole's length gap in this ring of concentric black holes. Mm-hmm. Which reminds Luke. Oh, sinkhole station seemed really important. Yeah. <laughs> Remember he was like secretly planning to go and fix that. I'm yeah. going to go fix that. I'm not going to back operational because I think it's a big deal to keeping everything in order here. The black holes in the maw are working as assumedly this prison for Abeloth. You know, he wants to go fix sinkhole station because it's holding everything in formation. And based on how in disrepair it was last time we were there with alarms going off and flashing red lights on all the consoles, Showing us things moving out of alignment. Luke wants to go back there and fix it. It must be important to hold everything in formation. And then I wondered this, Tim. Mm. Why is Sinkhole Station in such disrepair? Because everyone there is busy mind walking, mind drinking, as the Ang T called them. Mm -hmm. They're busy being beyond shadows. As opposed to manning their post and keeping the station functional. Mm-hmm. That has to be Abeloth's influence. Yes, Because absolutely. she is the one with the purple light giving them access to going beyond shadows. She knows. She must know Sinkhole Station is the key to her prison. Mm-hmm. And so over time... She has slowly manipulated everybody on the station to going beyond shadows and leaving the station to fall into disrepair. Yeah. How long, hard G on the end, Yes. has she been manipulating events? And we don't know. Well, Why did Dala come out of the Maw to stop the last civil war with Jason? Why? We never really got an answer why other than opportunism. Yeah. There was a chance to fill a void and she took that power and now we snowballs where we are now. Mm-hmm. But Sinkhole Station falling so badly beyond repair with an entire crew of people on it that has to be Abeloth's work and it just begs the question of what else is she doing and has she done that we don't know about definitely turning jedi crazy yeah definitely breaking out of her breaking apart the black holes around the maw or at least facilitating that happening Mm -hmm. by sending all these people to freaking fantasy land right yeah which for me shows that center point and sinkhole worked in tandem yes collaboratively 
And so as once center point was destroyed, sinkhole could no longer do it on its own. Like there was no relay. That's what let Abeloth get into the sinkhole people's minds and get them to do whatever she wanted. Right. Because it has to have been relatively recent. Mm -hmm. Otherwise she would have been able to get through that. Like the gap would have been happening earlier. She would have been able to win. She she and probably pushed Dala too in her in more subtle ways than what she's been doing to go. Hey, this is a good opportunity. Get out there. I wonder about all that. Like, how much has she been doing behind the scenes that we don't know? A that she's even capable of yet. Mm-hmm. B that it's even a thing that exists yet. Or C that she uh, the events that have happened are manipulated by. Like, what has happened? <laughs> how? <laughs> How do Centerpoint and Sinkhole relate to each other? What is their relationship? Is is one out of sync because the other was destroyed? Or did the Maw get hit with a stray gravity beam that never ends until <laughs> it gets sucked into a black hole or something? You know, like Yeah. What is all the connection here? Because if this is doing what it seems to be trying to do, which is like our last series was this everything happening on the surface. Everything was happening on top of the story where Jason is doing this and this and this. Uh, the Galactic Alliance is doing this and this. The Confederation is doing this and this. And everything is very visible and explicit mm-hmm. and obvious. If What if what this story is doing... And I guarantee you it is now that I just thought of this. I'm going to say what if anyways, what if what this story is doing is giving us a background story for the previous number of events in the galaxy mm-hmm. where there is a much bigger thing going on here, older, more ancient and less understandable Mm-hmm. than Jason Solo becoming a Sith and taking over the government to start a war for peace. Yeah. What if what this book is doing is giving us a broader context of previous stories by explaining how events have been manipulated across history or the recent past. And now I say why it's definitely doing that is because what was the entire impetus of our story in the first book? Luke Skywalker, go find out why Jason went crazy. Yeah. Go find out the bigger reason for why everything happened that just happened. And now we come to sinkhole station and black holes coming apart. And this ancient... I think the word celestial one time, that was maybe the word I could that, think of. That came up once or twice. This ancient being is now amplifying her influence. Yeah. Well, how much influence has she had this whole time? When did Sinkhole Station start falling apart? When did the maw crack open and let her tendril of slippy neediness come out? Mm-hmm. Because the kids in shelter were in the maw. Yes. How long ago did she get influence over the outside galaxy? 
20 or 30 years ago, apparently. Maybe. Maybe just ago? a couple years ago. How yeah. long? Or 10. How long has it been since Jason went on his thing, you know? Yeah. What if he is what she, what if she is what he saw in the well of the crazy time? Yeah, the well of knowledge or whatever the hell it was. I don't know. But I do think that she has been manipulating the people on Sinkhole Station. Causing the station to be ill-maintained and opening her cell bit by bit by bit. And as Luke successfully brings us into the Maw, neither he nor Ben can sense the mind walkers of Sinkhole Station. Mm -hmm. As they narrowly miss a huge piece of debris from the clearly destroyed Sinkhole Station. And what's worse, they cannot feel the presence of Abeloth. Is she hiding? Waiting for the Skywalkers and Sith? Or is she free? Out in the galaxy for the first time in untold ages. Find out next week when we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 5, Allies, Chapter 29 through 32. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Spooky ancient lady time. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got chills. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.